Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I wonder if it's just going to be like, it's going to sound like we're recording out in a field out we're outdoorsy today. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, is the mics picking up or are the mics picking up that? Yeah. I, you know, I'll find out when I edit it. Fair enough. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that was a big one. <laughs> Did you see that they're making a sequel to that? Yes. No. <laughs> I've got two conflicting stories. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. When? I don't know. I didn't know if like it was like yeah this the sequel's coming out. In oh no, a year it's not or two. Like, or... It's not like previews or anything. Yet. He yeah. didn't mean like when is the show coming out. He meant like when are you going to be excited about that? Oh, here in a minute. Wait for it now. And we're he's excited. The, and we're just in the middle of talking about something else and <laughs> freaks out over the sequel to. Kung Pao. Actually, I think I feel like I saw a sequel to both of those movies is in the works now. That Kung Pao and also Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, they're definitely working on that too. For um, real? Yeah. yeah. Get out. Stephen Chow. There was like an interview with him and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's for our other podcast uh, where we play uh, Enter the Fist. <laughs> so uh, this week, today, actually, I will be on episode 17 of The Hard Move. And The Hard Move is an actual play podcast podcast um they have people on from different podcasts people who uh, know the games really well and uh, each episode they talk about a specific move from a powered by the apocalypse game um and so it could be from any of the powered by the apocalypse game the guest brings in the move they want to talk about and so i will be on episode 17 talking about act under pressure oh nice. Oh man i was hoping for weird science no no uh, also at the end of this episode um if you want to stay tuned I had mentioned last week that I made an entry into the Road.com podcast competition, and the only rule for it was that it had to be less than two minutes. Uh, So if you want to stay tuned afterwards, uh, I have tacked on, uh, it is This Old Haunted House. It is a fix-it-up podcast, uh, how to deal with things within your haunted house. Um, And if you enjoy it, you can go over to Road.com and find the contest. We are are entry 354 if you feel like giving us a vote. Um, And then lastly, actually, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, why do we bleep the F word? We've talked about it a little bit before. And, you know, early on, it was just really a matter of we didn't want to turn anybody off because there are a couple people, you know, that that word hits them harsh. Um, And also just because we were using it with no purpose. We were kind of using it, as uh, Lewis Black says, as a comma. And uh, so we kind of got out of that habit. And I made the realization that today's episode gets a little salty. Uh, Fair warning. And we're to a point now in the story where, you know, whenever I go to bleep something like that, it takes away from the tension. 
so from here on out, uh, we will no longer be bleeping that word anymore because whenever it gets used, it's usually kind of important and impactful and to bleep it uh, just turns it into a joke or makes it funny or I have to cut it and the moment loses something. Uh, so fair warning on that, that we won't be bleeping that anymore. We are marked as explicit. You know, it won't come up a ton, but uh, it will be there in its entirety. Uh, so I guess with that, uh, to honor it one last time, it's time to let the f***ing recap roll. <laughs> oh, very pretty. You brought me exactly what I was looking for. The thing you seek is in the cellar. You go over to the cellar door and you open it. You head down the stairs and on this old wooden table lays the spear. I will just, um, yeah, slowly, almost cautiously and reverently approach and take it. You pick it up and you feel this energy course through your system. To say that you are suddenly jolted from asleep doesn't even quite hit it because you see the world completely different for a brief moment as you hear Rachel's voice come back into your head. Oh, that was horrifying. I, I couldn't quite communicate with you. I felt like I was starting to drift away, but oh, this feels great. Hell yeah, it does. It worked. I want to motion them over into a, a bit of a huddle like, uh, hey guys, you want to kill Baba Yaga? <laughs> so as TJ whispers this to you guys, Jake kind of instinctively stumbles backwards away from him as he hears a loud noise from behind him, and he falls to the ground. Tash, you are able to back away from TJ as these three hands slam into TJ and hold him to the ceiling, one around his throat and the other two around his arms. I know what you let loose on the world. TJ is pinned to the ceiling by the three disembodied hands, and Baba Yaga slowly advances on you all, and as she does, she reaches behind her back, and like some corrupt magic trick, she pulls from behind her back an impossibly large stone pestle. It's like four feet long and two feet around, and it is stained with maroon in spots. And as she gets closer, she stands a little taller. It even seems like her teeth aren't as crowded in her mouth anymore. Uh, I'm going to scramble back to my feet and try and like kind of position myself between her and the rest of the group and just be like, oh, uh, okay, this has gotten out of hand. Uh, I apologize for TJ. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. We're not going to do anything. Nothing bad's going to happen. Let's all just simmer down and talk about this and be on our merry ways. You talk to me as if I have not heard your scheming this whole time. The things you have discussed and the deals you have made, each one of you, don't talk to me like I'm stupid. She snaps her fingers, and you hear your voice saying, I think, I think you, you should, should go, go talk, talk to him again, again and, and basically, basically negotiate that, that he waits, waits to make to his make move, move until, until we, we have, have accomplished, accomplished our, our goals and are gone. And she looks at you. I don't deny that. If you imprisoned Koshe the Deathless once, I imagine you can do it again, right? I did not do it alone, and it was many, many years ago. Are you suggesting you've gotten less powerful over the many years? I'm suggesting the people who helped died to do it. Oh. Myself, your five gods, and four others it took. <laughs> I look at them. I, I mean, I guess I look at Tass, TJ, up on the ceiling. I don't think we had any concept of how dangerous that guy was. I mean, then we dicked up, but that's going to be on us later. We're going to have to deal with it. You were unwilling to try and deal with him in his weakened state. How do you expect to deal with him now? 
return to full power. The same way we've dealt with everything so far, we have somehow limped through and come out on top in most circumstances here. You have been the cause of many deaths, and your friends have been damned in your doing, and you have joined with people you claimed were enemies. And she snaps her finger again, and you see Ori, you see Damien, you see Rev, you see Strom. Uh, I mean, in theory, all toward a good ultimate goal. Wait, who? What are you? Because I thought you were, like, like, air quotes, a bad guy. Why would I be housing the weapon of the Chosen if I was a bad guy? You tried to eat us. When you had not presented who you were. I mean, I tried, but your chicken house ran away, like, four times. Yes, that is what has kept me safe from Nash all these years. Well, I tried. Which I think is the only summary we can give of everything we've done so far. I don't Where know. Where is your moral compass? I point at Jake. And she looks at Jake after you point at him. No, it changes. As soon as it becomes difficult, you seem to turn on people. I've watched this one turn on a friend, turn back and turn on him again in the course of a day. I mean, in, again, in my defense, dude's a demon, commonly thought of as a bad guy. Why would you make a deal to begin with, then? To try and bypass a greater evil, theoretically. Then why did you side with him at the end? Because we realized he was the better guy. Like, that's, that's all I can say. You're calling out a lot of absolutely valid faults, but we have a mission, and it is to stop Nash, and who I think we can agree is the universal evil here, the big, big bad. Yes. And you have just put a powerful and deadly piece back into play within his grasp, all to make things easier for yourselves in the task handed to you. If you told us, one, that Koshay existed, and two, that he was Nash's It is not my job ally. to tell you anything. It is my job to see how you deal with problems. The how is just as important as the what. You gave us a task, and we did it. We did the task. I have this in my hand. She holds her left hand out, and you feel the spear rip from your hand, and she catches it. This means nothing compared to what you have done today. Yeah, we've flip-flopped. We've sided with the bad guys. We can't help the information we don't have, such as don't let the guy out of the damn maze, okay? We made a call. We, we solved a problem. That's what we did. At the end of the day, we did it. At the end of tomorrow, we're gonna do it. And what will be lost along the way? All roads paved with good intention. I'll go to hell for this. The road to hell is paved with him, and I will pave it the whole way if it saves the world. It is not yourself, you damn to hell with your actions. It is countless others who will suffer for what you have done here. And yet you still think that all means justify the end. Oh, you must learn. Then teach us. No one's been doing it. Show us. Tell us what we need to know. If you are all destined to save the world, you must decide what you stand for and stay true to it. Stop betraying those who you claim to trust and stop trusting those who offer an easy solution for the price of your morals. She takes a few steps forward, Tass, and she holds the spear out to you. I take it. You. Oh, you are angry. You rage at me. Uh, there was no trial, nothing so holy or preordained, merely a chance to see how you act when backed against a wall. And yet you rage. Oh, you rage because you know that if this had been a trial, Tass Allgood, then you failed. And she walks back to her chair and she sits down.
Can I come down now? <laughs> uh, yeah, the hands relax and they lower you to the ground. And I'm just heading for the door. I'm not looking back. I'm uh, following him. Uh, is there anything we need to accomplish before we leave here? No, let's just get the gear and get out. Okay, then I'll take us back to the campsite to collect our stuff and then take us back to headquarters. All right, roll angel wings. 12 on the first one. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, you guys gather up your stuff, no problem, and rolled again to get to IPT. And 12 on the second one. <laughs> you guys end up outside of the IPT. You can see that there's still a lot going on inside, and the three of you turn and walk into the building. And now it's time for end of session experience. Oh my God, am I going to earn experience you again? Are. He just goes, no. <laughs> Technically, you didn't have this until right at the end, so I'm afraid not. Uh, <laughs> I've taken a liking to you not earning anything. <laughs> I think I'll keep it that way. I've got a taste for it. Oh, God. Okay, so did you conclude the current mystery? Yes. Mm -hmm. We went to Russia and we retrieved the spear that we were there to get. Yeah. Uh, did you save someone from certain death or worse? Kind of. We kind of saved a guy from eternal imprisonment. That's a you, thing. You sure did. <laughs> Yeah, we gave him his tongue back. You did. Um, well, let's have to come back to that one. Oh, I, <laughs> I technically, you guys did save someone from, you know, he was just in purgatory. God, I wish there was a radio equivalent for the face Red yeah. just made. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, does that count? You did save him, but I don't know that that gets a point. Saving the monster in Saving question. the monster, yeah. I think we've had a... <laughs> the monster was man, so... <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Saving yeah, the no, world. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That, I think that's we've had a totally time in the past where saving the monster didn't count. Uh, did we learn something new and important about the world? We learned that the serum that uh, you created can easily put things back together. <laughs> I wouldn't say easily. You know, I think we can talk about this now that that moment has happened, uh, but it would have been a different result if Tass had not been healed. Because Tass had been healed back to full and you used the werewolf serum, it was able to use entirely uh, the regenerative property of it to reconnect the leg. Oh, nice. So that was kind of a happy accident. Uh, we learned that there is an entity that is so powerful that it took Bobby Yaga, five gods, and unnamed others to, to subdue. Yeah, and it killed the other four. And it killed the other four, and that is also who we saved. It is who you saved. That is su that is something super important about the world, that there are things more powerful than the things that you guys think of as kind of your top tier, the gods and Baba Yaga and Nash, that there is something out there uh, that is kind of there in the sense of John Wick, their Baba Yaga. Boof. Okay. We learned the solution to three riddles, and that can never be taken away from us. <laughs> you did. And did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Um... I think in the last couple moments there with Baba Yaga, we learned something about Tass. That feeling of, you know, when he said, no one's been teaching us, no one's been showing us the way. That This idea that the hunters know what they're supposed to be doing. So I think hearing that from Tass is certainly something new. The idea that we should be being taught how to do this. Someone should be showing us the ropes and we're kind of out here on the front lines alone is something I think new and dynamic. I'll take that experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to argue against you. Yeah, I mean, me as a listener, that's, I think that's new. So yeah, you, technically you guys still get two points of experience. Uh, and so and then everybody gets six gear points. Did anybody level up from that? I did. What are you going to take? I am going to go ahead and uh, this is based off of something that happened in one of the previous episodes, wherein Jake picked up uh, Jingles uh -huh. and it sparked an idea in me. 
There's an option for me to get a robot minion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my And I'm going to fix God. Jingles up with, like, uh, it's, it's, he's not going to be, like, 100% like, you know, smooth skin Jingles or anything like that. He's going to have, like, a robotic arm that's got, like, tools and shit on it. And Okay, so I think for, <laughs> God, um, I think for your, what is this called? It's a robot minion? Yeah. Okay, so the same question that I asked Jake then, uh, instead of do you want it to heal or do you want it to do damage, um, do you want it to do damage or do you want it to assist you in your lab work? I want him to do damage. I love battle jingles so much. So instead of a a utility arm with like a bunch of tools, it'll be like... um, Cyborg's arm. Yeah, so describe to me, how does he do, how does battle jingles... Suck on this, nerd. (laughs) How does battle jingles do damage? I think he has a power claw, which is an actual like science guy um, weapon. I don't know if like if you can make that for his size. So instead of doing three (laughs) damage, he does maybe two or one damage or something. Uh, Yeah, I think that I think this endeavor will cost you a couple gear points. Uh, Let's say two and you can make battle jingles and he will have a power arm that does two damage. What does this power arm look like? Or power claw, I guess it is. Okay, so he's got his regular hand, which I I just imagine as like this, you know, this short, almost like baby hand almost. And then he's got, <laughs> if any of you have ever played the video game Bionic Commando, the, the character in that has like one regular arm and then this massive yeah, claw like thing. It is side. just this enormous robotic thing. So that's what's happening with him. All right. So yeah, uh, that'll be two gear points and you will be able to create battle jingles which is the strangest thing I think I've said so far. <laughs> and he'll come along on our adventures and we'll have fun. Uh, I didn't level up strictly, but we did come to some more decisions on uh, the chosen sheets. Yes, that's true. So Tass has uh, two tags. He has heroic tags and he has doom tags. Explain to everybody how those work. Uh, so essentially, it's kind of a tool uh, for you to get to play with and then, you know, for me to take opportunities with. Um, so there's this big list and then you select select what you think, you know, just works best for the character. And then if those things happen, if there are certain things that can trigger, you know, effects from these specific tags, then that will have effects on me, Um, such as there's a move that I'll be able to take that if I essentially invoke these tags, then I'll get experience from them. And there's just, you know, other things like that. So they should just sort of pop up based on the lore of the chosen that's established. Don't they automatically happen too when you spend a point of luck? So yeah, yeah. The big thing there is that when you specifically, when you spend a point of luck, they definitely happen. So while it is a tool for you to play with in general, I have to keep in mind that if I'm going to spend a point of luck for anything, those are going to hit me. So what are your heroic tags? Uh, the heroic would be visions and mystical inheritance. And so we picked those because you've already been getting visions from Lana and then mystical inheritance, of course, because of the spear. And then what are your doom tags? Uh, the doom tags would be a nemesis, which makes complete sense in this. He yep. literally is trying to get my soul. Yep. Um, and then doubt, which I really like just based on all of this failure that has led to this. And am I even worthy? And I didn't technically earn this. Well, I earned right. it, but not really. And 
Um, so yeah, I think doubt is a huge thing that is going to need to be overcome. Yeah, I think that's a, a good pull from the story thus far. Okay, so is there any other shopping that anybody's going to do? Well, I need to spend at least four points to charge my goggles back up. Okay, does that get you to full? Uh, that does, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to buy a three for five pack of werewolf serum, but I'm going to hand them off to TJ again. Okay. Because you've been doing a pretty good job of doling them out when necessary. Thanks. Uh, and I believe we're all putting in orders for our shape-shifting law enforcement badges, right? That's correct. Which we talked about, like, end of arc one? Yeah. Or, no, end of Hawaii, because he asked oh, yeah. he asked for our ID, and we were like, Photoshop, like we didn't have anything, so... <laughs> It took us this long to realize to get shapeshifter DNA to bring back and and have made into it. Yeah, and I think that because you guys had talked about it that long ago, and the fact that Tass turned that material in before this story arc started, I think that those would be ready. I think oh, they, nice! I think that they made those before shit hit the fan at IPT. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. Anybody else buying anything? Yeah, uh, I am going to go ahead and grab some ammo for my various guns. Actually, one of our listeners wrote in asking about you know our gear system and they made a suggestion that i really like and so i'm gonna make this change so in the past you had to essentially spend a point to get a certain type of bullet if it was cold iron or silver or whatever and you had to do it per gun and you would have it for that adventure and then it was gone um so their suggestion was that well what if he bought bullets and they were kind of a one-use thing that you could use them for that battle and then they were gone so that you can go in and buy two things of silver bullets and have them for five, six story arcs. They don't reset because you don't know what you're coming up against. So it seems kind of strange to have to guess what kind of bullets you might need. So any bullets that you have bought in the past, if you can remember them, you still have in stock uh, and then you can buy additional ones now. Awesome. So with that in mind, uh, I technically already had silver for the uh, 38 and I had salt for the shotguns. Yeah. And I, I'm sure I'd done something else, but I don't remember what. And I feel like I, I like I'm not even going to worry about the stuff that I didn't have marked down. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to just be up front and buy them. So I wanted to do cold iron for a gun that I had purchased and literally haven't used yet. Yeah. Because I forgot that I ever even purchased it. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, I still have that medium range submachine gun that I had custom ordered. Yes. So I'm going to get cold iron for that. Okay. And another thing that I wanted to ask you about is essentially like, is there a way to add like a magic tag for a bullet? Uh, yeah, I think that you can. You can get an arcane bullet. Um, I think those will cost two. Okay. Unless you get someone else involved, I think that that would only work for the guns that have actual bullets. I don't think you could do that for the shotgun unless you get someone else involved. Sure. Uh, yeah, I like that anyway. I thought I thought that would be a good one for the sniper rifle. Uh, so I will spend two on that, which leads me to my last thing that I kind of want to do, because at this point I am a walking arsenal. I've got all these different guns. I still have the anti-light rifle somewhere. Uh, and now I have a spear. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping I could do essentially like a like a rig that I, I could carry on my back, like a like a backpack type rig that has slots for the guns. Um, and it'd be something that like, yeah, sure, maybe all the three rifle type guns would be all attached to one set. And then a belt would have a slot, a hip slot for the pistol, and then maybe a thigh slot for the submachine gun. Okay. Just, yeah. So how many slots do you need in total? 
So I guess technically six. Oh, because the two handguns yeah. the, and then the spear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's say three gear points and it kind of makes you a master chief rig where you can just click things onto your back and your side. It's all magnets. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. I love that. And um, yeah, it's clearly not going to be low key. <laughs> like, yeah. This is oh, a yeah. battle rig for this sure. This is definitely something that if you use on a daily basis, people are going to be like, hey, how are you? Can we <laughs> walk you through the scanner, please? <laughs> I feel if I had made this rig for you, it would have like little train tracks going all over your body and it would just be like <laughs> choo choo and then this like just gun would be crawling up your arm to your the hand. Gun to his hand. Yeah. Which gun lives in the Bjorn on the front? <laughs> That's the anti light rifle. It's where he keeps just... the grenades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh I no. Should buy a few grenades too. That, I brought that on myself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, gonna do that. So okay. uh, I'll add that to my point list. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the adventure itself. I, I do want to point out, actually, before we start talking about the story, for anybody who is out there who keeps diligent track of what's going on, and I know that there are people out there who do it, um, you'll notice that in, I believe, the last episode, that at one point we talk about Jake's damage, and he is at four, and then later he heals five. Uh, that was because after the fact, we realized that Jake was unstable when he threw the knight into the air, and so that would have given him one point of damage. And uh, So I gave that to him retroactively, but somehow I got left out of the cut of that episode, so uh, that is why he jumped up a point of damage there, was he took one one for um, for pushing uh, his no limits while he was uh, unstable. So the story itself, you know, I've talked about in the past that there's never any way to know what's going to happen in a story and that you guys do things that I never expect. My jaw fell open when TJ was like, yeah, I'm going to inject this man with werewolf serum because that just changed the whole world. <laughs> I'm really jazzed about this. I've talked a lot about how it's the things that you guys do. It's the decisions you make that really create the world and the story that's happening. You guys have essentially added a whole new chapter by that one decision. And so I'm, I'm really interested to see how that kind of pans out. And it made for a very tense final conversation with Baba Yaga, which is something kind of different for us. It was very heated on, on all sides, which is kind of scary and fun. And where is it going to push you guys to next i feel like a lot of like the the sort of hints or clues that you give us as we're interacting with characters i i see those and i'm like we should probably grab onto those as soon as possible so when you started talking about like how his mouth is moving without like making sounds or or whatever it was i was like he needs to talk he needs to say something we need information i don't know what that information is i have werewolf serum i'll heal him maybe he'll be able to talk and maybe he'll be grateful but maybe that's all he wanted. He was very grateful. Yeah. That was ominous AF. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's interesting from the very beginning, you know, listening back when I edit, you guys talk at one point about, um, you know, challenging the night and like, oh, you know what? Maybe this challenge thing is fabricated. Maybe this is just something we came up with. Let's just go kick his ass. And you can actually go back and, and track at one point, you know, Baba Yaga talks to you guys right when you first show up. And she's like, yeah, to get the spear, you have to do this task. And then it telephoned. Jake said to tell hey, you have to do this test. And then Tass started repeating, I have to do this trial. And so suddenly every step it escalated. And so everybody had a different perspective of how it had to be done and what had to be done compared to what she had started out with. And so that really kind of shaped the whole adventure. The idea that originally she had said, yeah, you have to do this task for me to I have to complete this trial. And so uh, do you guys have any thoughts about that? Like, does that word change do anything to you in the sense of like, oh, how we might have gone about it or? There was a point very quickly where we sort of realized what we had done as players 
but went, nope, this is what we are doing. This is what we've convinced ourselves of. And I liked at that point making it stick. Um, I liked that idea of, you know, this is exactly what we think needs to happen. And now I'm all in on it. And so I just, yeah, as the player halfway through and going, how did we get to this? I, I love that. I love that stuff. I was really impressed with how quickly you guys solved those riddles. Oh, thanks, man. Like, I thought this is going to be this is going to be a minute. But man, two of those you guys just tore right through. And the third one you guys answered as soon as you actually saw the thing. That's because we love riddles. <laughs> we do. Yeah, that's uh, true. For, yeah. for being a bunch of dummies in a lot of instances, we all are kind of puzzle masters yeah and different <laughs> styles like the different types of riddles sure like one person was always kind of left out like i don't understand with the other two people were hot on it and then it kept changing who the two people were <laughs> yeah. for each type of riddle yeah the um god what was it the i guess it was the pot would have taken me a long time to get on my own but the second i started reading the one about blue it's like this is a word riddle. I just gotta flip the the letters around. Yeah. Just, I can see that, but right. the other stuff, I'm like, what? I don't know. I thought we were gonna go down a path of you guys talking yourselves into everything being right for that first riddle as you came across them with the the ring, and then you know, you guys only came across the ring in the first place. But you're like, yeah, no, this makes sense. I think this is it. Well, let's yeah. go to the next thing. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I think this is it. I was I was so happy when both of them would like they kind of made sense. I've hoped the same thing. I was like, I hope we keep going and seeing shit and rationalizing. <laughs> yeah, so definitely a lot of a lot of interesting directions to go from here. This confrontation with Baba Yaga and getting the spear. You know, we recorded that a little bit ago and we've all kind of walked away now. Do you guys have any thoughts about this confrontation, this interaction with her of what she was saying versus how you guys felt at the time or I, I mean I think I have absolutely taken stock of what she said and agree with her and I'm probably going to try to start sticking to my shit some more like I don't think we're wrong but I think she presented the correct values to to uphold like I absolutely believe everything we said like we are doing our best we are being pragmatic mm-hmm. we're doing whatever is necessary and she's like yeah but it's not always about what's necessary it's about what's right yeah. and that was kind of I mean that was where I began yeah and and just going through a whole bunch of shit will gray you out and i feel like that was kind of a kick in the ass and i think too it brings back you know we talked about this it was a long time ago we talked about it in the first episode then we talked about it again like 20 episodes later but that connection with you and Tass, that your task with him was to what exactly is your connection say do you have it still uh yeah i do um they are at heart a good and righteous person you must help them stay that way yeah and so we've seen Tass, you know throughout the course of this story start to go down this darker and darker path that every means starts to be justified by this possible end and to see it instead of you kind of keeping him it seems like it was kind of going the other way and so for baba yaga to point that out in the conversation it was even interesting in the moment to watch all of you like take stock of what she said in the moment go uh uh all right. Um, but anybody else? Well, I had an interesting point of view up, up top. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> blew my I, mind when you were still in her house. And be like, hey, guys, should we kill her now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried so hard to damage control several things in this arc. And, <laughs> you did. And you guys. Oh, <laughs> You know, we were driving back from LodgeCon and uh, and I was doing an edit on this episode and I just started cackling in the back seat and Jake was like, what? I was like, I'm at minute nine of this episode and here's the point where it took a turn where you can hear Tasco. Yeah. So I think I'm going to make a deal with this guy and got to let him loose.
Myers and Jake's like, I think it's a bad idea to betray Baba Yaga. And then over the course of the next minute, Tass talks Jake into, no, this is a good idea. Let's betray <laughs> Baba Yaga, the keeper of the chosen's weapon. And, and I was you, like, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Tass has done that to me many a time. He In is real like, life, constantly. He, <laughs> he is a, a, a rabble rouser. He rouses rabbles. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think that, like I said, I never know exactly what's going to happen and what NPCs are going to do, what they're going to say, because it's a lot of it is response to what you guys say to them. And so I had a whole laundry list of things that she might talk about. But a great example of that is Rachel, that you had said, no, we have to save her. I feel bad I was in this position. And then Tass went, yeah, no, you're totally right. Let's kill her. I think you're right. We should kill her and convinced you that killing her was your idea. (laughs) And it was another example of this is going to be too difficult. Let's take the easier route and just deal with it. I'm getting so mad at Tass right now. (laughs) I want no, (laughs) Never again. Yeah, I, I think there at the end, just. Anything I said to her was frustration with in-game myself. You know, it's just this, I was, I felt like I was raging at her because I can't find the right answer. Mm. You know, it just seems like we get close or we get some of the information or whatever it is. And it's just me feeling incompetent in this world and saying, why can't you just tell me how to do this? And of course, that's not how it works. Right. But, you know, that's what a person wants. You want the answers. And it was just this breakdown. And so, yeah, it was. It was a solid kick in the ass. It was uh, was a good moment to have with her. I like that. All right. Well, unless anyone has anything else, I think that is the end of our time in the Russian woods. So it is about an hour and a half later. You have left the IPT uh, with six dossiers in your hand. Margaret has told you about some of the things that were going on that she hopes you guys will be able to check out. Uh, And you head back to Tass and TJ's place. And when you get there, the door is broken and it is ajar. Oh, uh, I want to flip on my sight and see if I can see anything invisible or magical influences. Oh, um, the thing that you notice actually is that all of the magic from your wards is down. Okay, the wards are down, and I'm going to get the spear out. How much hallway is there between your front door and living quarters that you just went, okay, the wards are down. <laughs> oh, I oh, I forgot that the listening audience can't see that, that that was in sign language. I had all that tactical uh, SWAT sign language you guys yep. use all the time. <laughs> he, Tass had his whisper antlers on. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, he had quiet coyotes showing. Quiet coyotes, yeah, that's what I use. Yeah. Um... <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to pull my hammer out and I'm going to stay at the front still. Like, I'm going to step in front of you and try and move in quietly, but I want to stay in the front because I don't know what you can do yet. Me either. So Jake starts to move into the apartment and the first thing that you notice is there is a very large sniper rifle laying across the couch and a shotgun on the coffee table. Okay, this brings back some memories. Um, I'm going to keep trying to creep up, like peek around corners, see if I can see who they belong to. You hear some rustling in the kitchen. Can I very gingerly peek my head around the corner to see who's in the kitchen? You peek around the corner and there is a slender middle-aged woman rummaging through the cabinet. Uh, She's about 5'7", has black hair with cords of white running through it, and she's wearing a long coat. And she pulls a bag of Oreos out of the cabinet, turns and sees you, and starts to walk past you into the living room. Sits down on the chair, pulls an Oreo out, cracks it in half, and drags her fingernail through the cream and starts to suck on it off of her fingernail. I mean, she just kind of 
pays me no mind. Yeah. I'm going to go towards the guns and kind of grab them and toss them a little further out of her her reach. Uh, I think when you start to approach them, you know how to handle those. I point and click. No, I mean warded guns. No. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him. I think I'm poking my head in the doorway like, what's happening? And you see this late 50s woman sitting in one of your recliners with your Oreos, and she's just got one broken in half, and she's kind of licking the cream out of it and just watching Jake as Jake stands in front of her weapons that are on your couch and your coffee table. What the f- Oh. Uh, I think I'm going to shoulder the spear and walk in. She indicates the spear on your back. You got it. Yeah, you recognize this, don't you? Yeah. Um, truly, my condolences. Yeah, thanks. Is it clear, guys? Are we good? Yeah, yeah. I think we're good. Great. I'm going to walk on in, see the lady, and tilt my head to the right. Like, hmm? Yeah, I feel like I'm confused. Am I missing something? Yeah, like I'm I'm like looking at Tass and her, and they have rapport. Chemistry. And I'm confused word? because I think I know who this is, and you seem to know who this is. So I'm like, do you, do you know who this is? Yeah, um, Jake, I I think you're looking at your predecessor. Ding, ding. And she throws you a cookie. I'm just (laughs) going to catch it and eat it. I'm just going to look at her and go, you shot me. Yeah, but I knew you'd survive it. And to be fair, you tried to hit me with my old hammer. You you tried to shoot us. (laughs) No, if I tried to shoot you, he'd be dead. I was trying to direct you. I'm very confused still now. This is the invisible person from the roof who shot at us with a sniper rifle, rigged explosives on a door, and blasted us with a shotgun, and the previous divine. She throws you a cookie. I catch it deftly, and I eat it whole. Swallow whole even. (laughs) Power move. Just sideways in your esophagus. (laughs) So so you're Anastasia? Yeah. And I hold my hand out like I'm ready to catch a cookie? She looks at the three of you, and she kind of sighs, and then she throws one. Yes. These are my cookies. Actually, Rev gave me those cookies. Uh, I'm glad to see you. I've been trying to get in touch with you for a while. Yeah. But what are you doing here now? Just because we've got the spear? Yeah, well, I mean, she told me when you guys had finished. Who had told you? Yaga. Yaga. Just on, like, nickname basis. I mean, when you've known someone for as long as I've known her. Well, what can we do you for? You were trying to find me. What can I do for you? Uh, I mean, at the time, we kind of needed information and guidance. And not to say that we don't still. It's probably just different information and guidance that we need. Um, Yeah, I guess we should just settle in and have a chat here, huh? Yeah, I think so. And she gets up and walks back towards the fridge and pulls a few things out and starts to make a sandwich. Fire away. Um, Okay, just out of curiosity, where you been? Well, I was trying to infiltrate Nash's organization, but, well, I kind of got blown when you broadcast that I was still alive. I'd convinced him I was dead, and then it got announced that the previous Divine was still alive, and he got kind of jumpy and started having everyone in his organization checked by psychics. And that's something I don't have a defense against, so I had to duck and run. Shit. Okay, I mean, let's just talk about what the hell was going on from just square one back at the Halifax. You said you're trying to guide us. What do you What do you mean? Where were you trying to get us to? Oh, just away from the cops. <laughs> well, okay, I guess it worked. Yeah, they were right down that alley. Well, you obviously were there for a reason. Do you know more specifically what was going on in those circles? Yeah, I was performing magic. You were? Yeah. Wait, what? I was performing magic. So the thing at the Halifax, that was you? Yeah. 
and the other three circles, or the other, I guess, technically two around the center. Yeah. You did all of that. I mean, it took a while, but... What? What? How do you think I infiltrated Nash's organization? And she shimmers, and she looks like a man in his early 20s with blonde hair, and then she changes back. Oh, shit. We thought, because he... Hawaii in the circles. Yeah, I stole it from him. <laughs> well, shit. Um, I was going to say sorry, but I guess we didn't really mess it up for you, did we? No, not really. So you absorbed the powers from the three things? Yeah. One of them was a shapeshifter. One of them was a soul bat. Mm-hmm. What was the third one? The uh, third one was an invisible man. Okay, that makes sense. You're invisible. <laughs> oh, my God. What'd you use the soul bat powers for? Oh, I use it to feed off of negative energy. That way I don't have to eat or sleep. Got to make it look like you're a vampire somehow. Wow, that's good. That's really good. And we we boned that. We ruined that for you, didn't we? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just starting to come to the conclusion that uh, there's no way around Nash. Well, there's gonna be. There's got to be a way around this, not around it. There's got to be a way through him. That's kind of what we're looking for here. And I mean, my God, if you've been that close, anything, we, we've been in the dark for so long on so many things, anything you can give us, I, I, I need to know how we can get close to him, how we can do anything. Oh, my God. oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I didn't lead you to that spear because I think you can kill Nash. I led you to that spear because when it's connected to somebody, he can't track it or you. Oh. Like, he knew where it was with Yaga. It was only a matter of time. But at least in your hands, he can't track it or you anymore. Sh- okay, well, that's good to know. Um, huh. Okay, thanks for that. Yeah. So essentially, it's a game of keep away until, well, until you die. And then hopefully I can get the spear again and get it to whoever's next. And it's just a matter of keep away for, well, forever, hopefully. Wait, so that's the that's the plan? That's your plan is just let him keep attempting to wreck the universe if you got a better one i'm glad to hear it but i've already lost one chosen and lost my divinity trying to stop him i think i'm gonna sit down at that like that's a lot to uh take in and process i think i'm reeling a little here so you've just given up on the idea of fighting him whole cloth well i feel like i had my best chance being inside his organization even then i didn't get close to him i mean it'd been better part of five years uh i mean as far as getting close to him we we kind of have the bait now right we've got the chosen that he wants it seems like literally getting close to him shouldn't be hard it's extraordinarily dangerous but we've got a good way to get close to him now yeah what you're gonna do when you get close to him i'm i think that's the part that remains to be discussed but we've got a chosen we've got a divine we've got a science guy we've got you who is clearly still able. We've got resources and friends. I mean, I think we I think we could formulate a plan. We've got numbers. And worst case, if we have sort of a contingency plan to get the chosen back out of there, you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to try and die in the hopes that it weakens him or kills him. That's not worst case. Worst case is he gets this guy's soul. Your worst case scenario is you dying. My worst case scenario is the world dying. No, my 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 worst case scenario isn't me dying, but that is a scenario I'm willing to put forth in an attempt on Nash. I think if we have a contingency plan to get the Chosen out of there, or, I mean, never bring him. I know that you would hate that, but... Uh, yeah, I'm wholly against that. You know, If you want to play keep away with the Chosen, absolutely, we could have a plan to keep him away, but I don't think we just shouldn't try to hurt him. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what the answer is yet, but you can kill anything. You just have to have the right tool. 
and we have to figure out what that is. What is the combination to do this? So if part of that is just keep away until we get that information, that's fine. But I'm going to spend every minute that I'm awake figuring out how to kill this motherfucker. You talk like you're the only person who's had that idea, kid. He killed my wife. You don't think I didn't spend the last 40 years scouring this planet for the things to kill him? You guys been doing this what? Six months, a year? Don't sound like the freshman class. Don't try to sacrifice yourselves to save the world. Save the fucking world. But we're not saving it. We're prolonging its death. Yeah, well, sometimes that's how you live. Maybe, but that's not the choice I'm making. <sighs> Maybe I made the wrong choice. She finishes her sandwich and starts to put things back into the fridge. Now, hold on. And as I say this, I take the food that she's gotten out. and I As soon as you get close to her, she grabs your wrist. And then I stop moving and then I say, just, I've got a point to make, I promise. You said that you and the Chosen from before were the only ones to fight, right? The only two fighting against Nash before, right? Yeah. Well, you didn't have a science guy with you, that's why. Are you fucking serious? Are you willing to bet the world on whatever the science guy means? I am. Because here's what's a little different, I think, from your stint at it. Jake is not here to protect me. She leans back on the counter. What do you mean? It's him. The whole reason that I was given these powers is to protect him because, well, whatever he's going to do is going to save the universe. Huh. Is she still holding my wrist? She is. Okay. And she starts to examine your arm and she just kind of starts to inspect you in general. He has literally saved our lives countless times because of what he can do. She drops your wrist, TJ. So what do you know? About him. Do you know anything? What he's supposed to do? What? Is he close? Is he far away? Uh, I mean, it's been kept kind of vague, but he's still on track and he's close. Look, I wish I had more detail for you, but I just know it. I know that's what we're here to do. We're here to end this. I don't feel it. I don't hope it. I know it. I don't know that we're going to do it, but I know that's what we are supposed to do. So either help us find the way to do it or piss off. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. So what do you want to know? Can you hold a magic spell for about a week? No. Why? I need someone who can. For what? I'm going to open a portal to another dimension. You're going gonna to what? what? I'm going to open a portal to another dimension. Yeah, but we lost the North Pole. We lost Noel. We don't have the things we need to rebuild the teleporter uh we don't need noel i can build the teleporter myself i know what we need uh, the spell components i we need something from a different dimension we need someone who can uh, do a week-long spell to jumpstart the the whole thing and then we need someone to be able to activate it and then we just need the 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 ring holy shit you can really do this uh yeah yes i can what can you tell me about that? The other dimensions, like, what are they What are they like? Oh, well, we've been to one. What was we, it like? Well, it was a lot like ours, except for the fact that it was a giant tree, and uh, there were fairy people there, and also- Magic was much, much stronger. There was a lot of magic. How is it like ours? Um, 
there was air and gravity and a hierarchy of peoples i yeah. guess and also some sort of government there are, there are fantastical things there just like in our world i honestly don't know where he's going with this but yeah he's he's got it he knows how to do this and um that's something that nash took he he took the foundation essentially of how that can be done shit and she sets the sandwich down pulls out a notebook from her pocket and starts to flip through it in some of the communications that I was able to intercept between Nash's officers, they kept referring to people, two people in particular by number, that Nash was communicating with. And I thought that I might have an idea of what it meant, but it's just numbers. He referred to one as 613 and one is 342. TJ, what what were the numbers that were in, uh, in the room, in Noel's transport room? Isn't 342 the one that your grandpa went to? Uh, yeah, it sure is. So they are other worlds. Wait, you like, you label other worlds by number? Well, not me. My grandpa did. But I mean, wouldn't you? It, it's totally a lot easier to get everything all organized that way. Okay. Okay. So, and she starts to flip through the notebook. This is not my notebook. This, this was Lana's. And she had these three numbers highlighted. 613-342 and 011. And I thought maybe I could figure out what they meant. But if they're places... So he's communicating with somebody in these other universes that are helping him in some way. So you, when you went to these other places, were the same people there? The same, oh, like like copies of us? Yeah. I mean, if there were, we didn't meet anybody like that. Huh. But that doesn't, you know, preclude that we don't exist in other worlds just as different people. Yeah, the, these people were essentially a different... I mean, they were literally sprites. So kind of a different species. Again, I don't know that that matters. There could still be the sprite version of us, but we sure didn't see it. What about here? Were the people you met there here? Um, is there a role I could use to be like to make a connection there to see like, I don't know if anybody there <laughs> suddenly it feels like, oh, obviously that was, oh, you know, now Jeff that you and, it, there, and there's a lab tech named Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Long beard. Like if it's just not the case, then that's yeah, fine. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it is anybody in your, if this was the case, I don't think it's anybody in your immediate sphere. Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, no, I, I don't think so. If there was anybody like that, we sure didn't notice them. I just, uh, I guess in the time that I've studied him. I haven't really found anybody that Nash trusts or listens to, except Nash. What are the odds that there's a him in these other worlds? I, I don't love that. Don't love that train of thought at all. I mean, if the multiverse theory holds any water, then yeah, somewhere out there, there are worlds that are just like ours, save for one tiny difference. He might have just tapped into a couple of them. Okay, well, if we're going to go with that, and if TJ can actually recreate this, my thought is... Let's get a whole bunch of us and go whoop his ass. I love it. I wonder if 011 is our world. If you've only heard him refer to the other two, maybe those are kind of the other two Nashes he's working with and 011 is him. Guess it's possible. Which is a scary thought because that might mean that our Nash will want you eventually. Well, can't have me. That's the spirit. Bully for you. Thanks. Okay, well, we've got kind of a long-term goal. Unless anybody has anything else we want to sort out at the moment, we need to get some rest, and we definitely need to go over this list and see if we can save some of our people before we get going elsewhere. She wraps the sandwich in a piece of paper towel, tucks it into her pocket, and looks at you, TJ. Get to work on that teleporter thing. Will do. She walks back into the living room and starts to restrap her gear on. Should we, like, exchange numbers or something? Oh, God, I don't carry a phone. Okay. 
do you have a place to crash around here? Not here. What does that what does that mean? Not here, like not Indianapolis? Yeah, well not in the United States. Do you wanna crash here or are you just bouncing? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going. If Nash can't track you because you've got that now, I'd hate to be the reason he finds you. Okay. Well, you know where to find us. Is there any way we can contact you besides lighting up the media to get your attention? Uh, I don't know. You got shit. You said you're some kind of a tech magician. Can you make something? Uh, Of course I can. Okay. What is it? It's a machine that obviously cannot be tracked. It's just going to be a simple button on a little pad. And all it is is uh, whenever we press a button, it lights up and lets the person on the other side know that we're ready for them or whatever. Is it two ways? Could she press a button to notify us? Absolutely. All right, roll it. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Snake eyes. Uh, except I'm going to use luck because oh. this seems quite important. Okay. Honestly. How many luck are you at now? I am at four luck left. Oh, boy. All right. So um, what is your requirement? It will take a bit of time to get it working. Yeah. All right. I'll check back with you in like two weeks then. I don't like to let uh, grass grow under my feet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but I, I think I get the metaphor. Um, Before you go, so you said he can't be tracked now because he has the spear. Yeah. Can we be tracked? Are we being tracked? Uh, Yes, and I don't know. How how are we tracked? She shrugs. Magic. That sucks because it kind of means that it's irrelevant if you're hidden. The three of us are always together. So if he can find one of us, he can find all of us. But I guess that could maybe ultimately work to our advantage because if he assumes you're always with us and you're not, we might get the element of surprise. In your dealings, especially recently, do you know Ori? I don't know him, but I've heard of him. Okay. He's been helping us out sort of from the inside and... We're just essentially constantly worried that he is in danger and just thought I'd ask if you had any idea if anybody was on to him or if anything had happened recently with him. I mean, I can't say recently. I had to bug out about two months ago when the news went out about uh, me being alive. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. And so she has finished strapping on her gear and she starts to make for the door and she starts to turn invisible. Um, One more thing before you go. And you see that the door... Doesn't open all the way. The man who died at the Halifax. Michael. You killed him. Yeah. Why him? Did you check the body? No. He was a vampire. Trying to work his way into the IPT. Oh, shit. Uh, We should probably let Margaret know to run more thorough checks on the staff at IPT. Yeah, just go around with a silver fly swatter and start smacking people in the (laughs) face or something. Like, good God. Um... That makes just every kind of sense, though, not being able to find the body and just on and on. Oh, boy. Okay. Just wanted to ask. We just got a uh, earful from Yaga about dubious ethics and whatnot. The door opens the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. She thinks you can't save the world if you uh, aren't making it a better place. I like you. Yeah, well, I wouldn't follow in my footsteps, kid. My way of thinking got my divinity stripped away and uh, it cost Lana her life. And there's a silence. And then the door shuts. Oof. All right, so what do you guys want to do now? Well, uh, I mean, I'm still super paranoid about them being able to be scried upon. So I don't think it would hurt us to try to figure something out there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we should pay a visit to Rev because he's the magic guy. And 
We could probably use some kind of counter magic to not be seen. And if you need someone who can do the spell work for the, the dimensional hopping, he might know something about that, too. Oh, yeah. Good call. And then we might also bring him like a steak or something, because I'm sure he's been just chilling out <laughs> Yeah, we'll bring all him alone nice in tree. my... All right. So uh, you guys are going to head over to TJ's secret lair. Jake, you know what to do. Oh, God. Big money, no whammies. Twelve. Excellent. Woo-hoo! You guys all appear inside of TJ's secret lair. And Rev is there. He's uh, reading over an old book. He's he's doing push-ups with his feet on the bed like he's in prison. <laughs> he's super shredded. He's got a teardrop tattoo. <laughs> what gang did you join from in here? Who did you murder? We don't talk about it. I killed a sanitation worker. <laughs> <laughs> he snuck in on me. thought it was a vampire. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Not too bad. And I hand him the delicious steak we obviously bought along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And he just holds the dripping raw steak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no uh, stovetop or anything down yeah. here. Nope. So <laughs> he throws it to his pet crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the visual that this is just in the sewer outright. <laughs> it's like, it is straight up like the Ninja Turtles base. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How's it been down here? You been doing okay? Yeah, yeah. It seems it's all right. I missed the sun. <laughs> <laughs> he says with a twitch in his eye. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think we're we're getting close to being safe again here, I think. We're, we've got some new leads. We've got some new stuff we can do. Um, hopefully, it won't be too long before we wrap this up and you're you're in the clear. We're all in the oh, clear. Oh, you're going to kill Strom? Uh, no. Oh. Maybe. Oh. We do need something that she has. Theoretically, we need something from another dimension, and she's got a thing from another dimension. Or we just have to cut another deal with her, which I hate. I've got a thing from another dimension. What? He pulls out the necklace you guys gave him. <laughs> oh. The thing we were going to auction off back when we were going to do the heist. Oh, boy. Yes. That slipped my mind. Uh, okay, well, then we don't need that. Um, TJ, do you want to break down why we need the thing from another dimension? Check it. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> He's he's organized it into a delightful rap for you. <laughs> so if you go downtown, you will find I don't know nothing. Um, it turns out that Noel got taken uh, and our ability to teleport to other dimensions was taken with her. I, however, have figured it out how to do it without Noel. And I need something from another dimension. And we also need uh, your circle. No. Which we brought over. So that's like two out of four things right there, guys. And then um, how long can you hold a magic spell? I don't know how. Why? Um, And I think that just out of character, probably you're going to give him all of the notes that you found. Because I assume us trying to explain how these spells work is going to make all of us shit our collective pants. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you give him all of the notes that you got in that, you know, week that you studied Noel. Yeah, I think that this is something that I could write. Um, yeah, you actually don't you don't have to hold the spell, but it does take a week to cast the spell. So it'll be it's kind of like a meditation thing. But yeah, I, I think I could figure this out. He seems pretty jazzed about it. Baller. Um, we have one other problem. Yeah. Uh, we can be tracked by Nash and Tass can't anymore because he's got his artifact now. But TJ and I still can. And maybe you... I mean, I know that this place is off the grid, but I don't know if it's off the grid to, like, spying magic. Oh, yeah. I That was the first thing I did when I got here is I re-put up all of my wards. Is there any sort of... Nice. With the exception of the teleportation ones, so you could, you know, get here. Oh, thank you. Uh, is there any sort of portable ward that, like, me and TJ could have on us or carry with us that can stop us from being tracked? Uh, yeah, actually. 
Let me uh, see if I can make it for you. Let me roll. Use magic. Please be a neck tattoo. Please be a neck tattoo. Uh, yeah, he uh, goes over to the circle and he places two stones inside of it. And he kind of mutters for a couple seconds and some blue energy jumps from the perimeter of the circle into the stones and he hands them to you. I got a uh, 11. Woo! Now, how do you think this interacts with my sort of extra dimensional space? If it's in there, is it not protecting me anymore? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Keep it on your person, even when you sleep. Like, don't have it near you. It's got to be making contact with you. Yeah. Just put it in your cheek like a chipmunk. (laughs) Or I could like... Uh, I could like cut open your forearm and we could put it inside and then stitch it closed. I hate that. And then we have like these big lumps yeah, in our like, forearms. Like uh, like the piece of your skull that we talked about the other day. Yeah, really digging into the body horror here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I put it in like my breast pocket under the armor. And I put mine in my pocket of my pants. Okay, so uh, what do you guys want to do now? Do you want to go through the dossiers and try to decide what direction you're going to go? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, So you guys spread out the dossiers onto the table here, and uh, there are six of them. In northern Kentucky, there are deer hunters that keep going missing. There's a stretch of US-30 that IPT vehicles keep getting attacked. In Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains, a class of third graders have gone missing. In southern Illinois, there is a three-city area where graves keep getting robbed. In northern Indiana, there is a toy store where three murders have occurred. And on the west side of Indy, there is an area where cars keep driving off of a bridge. And these are all places where she had sent one or two people or they had just gotten information about and were getting ready to send people out. So where do you guys want to go first? What do you want to deal with? Um, I don't love the idea of kids being in danger, so I'm inclined to want to check out the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, I mean, I would have said one of the two that concern actively missing people. All right, so you guys are going to go after the children who are lost in Tennessee. Um, So roll your beginning of adventure moves. Let's see if this will go right for me for once. I'm excited about. I know you get to roll something fun thing. Thirteen. All right, that's a 10. All right, so with yours, you get a vision, correct? Yes. Of uh, your impending future. Yes. And Jake, what do you get? I get to ask one question from Investigate a Mystery right now. Okay, what is your question? Where did it go, the kids? Jake, into your head comes an image of a scummy pond. And at the far side of the pond is a large weeping willow. And you can see that when the wind blows, the vines blow across and there is a cave. As Jake is having this vision, Tash, you get a vision of yourself wading through a scummy pond, walking towards a weeping willow tree, and a shot rings out, and you get clipped in the shoulder, and you spin around, and you see a man dressed in brown with a badge on, and he starts to charge at you, and you tackle him, and you pull the back of his shirt down, and you see a mosquito the size of an orange with its nose buried in his spine. Welcome to this old haunted house. On today's episode, we're going to teach you how to clear a room of a pesky unwanted presence. 
Here we are in a beautifully restored master bedroom. This house was built in 1906, hardwood floors and original crown molding. But as you can hear, the walls well constantly. It's not shrieking, but it's loud enough to make day-to-day -day living troublesome. You're going to need two things for this project. A heat-proof container, like a simple ashtray, and a bundle of white sage or desert sage, depending on what you can find locally. I prefer the desert sage, but I'll use white sage in a pinch. Now, you'll want to start by the door, but not in front of it. You'll light the sage in your right hand. Make sure to keep a bucket of water nearby just in case. Hold your fireproof container in your left, and work in one direction, sweeping the smoke from ceiling to floor. I suggest working counterclockwise around the room, as that's usually best for banishing, but some people have success with clockwise, and, well, I'm not one to argue with success. So you'll continue this process, sweeping the smoke, often called smudging, until every inch of the room has been touched by the smoke. I'm just about done here, and there we go. And as you can hear, those whales have faded away. And you can repeat this process in each room of the house as needed. Well, that's all for today's installment of This Old Haunted House. Join us next time when we'll teach you how to get that stubborn sulfur smell out of a previously demon-infested basement. Until then, keep your crucifix handy. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Hi, we're the narrators of Midst. What's Midst? It's very simple. It's a weird, surrealist, fourth-wall-breaking, reality-bending, science-fantasy space western about a small, doomed planet floating in a cosmic ocean of spooky darkness. Upon whose alien landscape, an ensemble cast of characters, including a crotchety outlaw, a freakishly virtuous cultist, and a diabolical businessman, make awful decisions and fight like hell to survive when the moon falls out of the sky and a large number of terrible things happen in rapid succession. It's exciting. It's funny. It's scary. It's got neat sound, weird music, amazing visuals, and every episode comes with bonus content you can read and examine. Midst is performed solely by yours truly as the three of us narrate all the action, play all of the characters, and bend a lot of the rules about how telling stories is normally supposed to work. Midst is pretty fun, very strange, and it feels like VR for your brain. We believe you'll enjoy it, or maybe you won't, but there's really only one way to find out. You're going to have to listen to Midst. Midst.